With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm not going to bother with the cliche joke of, well, at least the Jets didn't lose this week. The bye week is over and we get back to football on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast right now. Contest, I am a contest. You better like me. I'm from Patchogue. Alrighty, nice job with the free music as always, YouTube. You're listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast on SB Nation, episode 7 of my first ever sports podcast. Well, we'll keep it simple. We'll keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, I just put it into another podcast. But the bye week is over, and if you are a Jets fan, the odds are at least somebody said to you, or maybe even you're the generic one in your circle of friends that tossed out the the Jets can't lose this week line because it happens every year during the, the bye week when the Jets are bad. Somebody says it. I heard it multiple times this week, but I'm so ready to get back to football. I'm watching the ridiculous content on NewYorkJets.com, like what's in the bag with Brian Poole, which... I've had a problem with for two reasons. One, if Jet fans are interested in watching Brian Poole pick toys out of a backpack as a guessing game, then they don't really care about winning and losing. And I can't imagine that there were that many fans that actually enjoyed watching that. Second, they give him a backpack as a gift. Does Brian Poole making $3.5 million need a free backpack for appearing on NewYorkJets.com? I didn't mind the Colecchio Semley video eating soup dumplings, though, but that's because I have a soft spot for food and backpacks don't quite do it for me i have said it before my hobbies and interests they they go radio one food two and and sports three so the soup dumplings with ko i was able to get on board with but actual football is certainly a welcome addition for future jets content but my goodness it's weird to think the jets have only played three games and their bye week has already passed it's also crazy to think of how necessary it was to have their bye week this early to, to hopefully get some people back and get some people healthy and we still don't know and I'm recording this podcast on Sunday, so maybe we'll find out in the next few days, uh, but I had to do this this podcast on Sunday, and I'll also say this, I'll be on vacation starting in the middle of the week, so I'll be away across the world for the Jets' next game, so it'll probably be more, it will be more than a week that I go without posting another podcast, so if you go a bit without hearing from me, that's why, but we still don't know at this point, we still don't know if C.J. Mosley is back, we still don't know if Sam Darnold is back yet, we still don't know if Quinton Williams is back yet, and Quinton Williams, who during the week he became an internet sensation once again, recreating popular memes and dressing up as Oprah, among other setups, and certainly a little bit better of a social media presence than Jamal Adams, who after he scrubbed his social media of Jets references following the loss of the Patriots, then he quits Maggie and Bart, the Maggie and Bart show on WFAN this past week, which he had a weekly spot on. And it was, it was a fantastic spot last year. And at the start of this year as well, he was, he was open. He was honest. He was passionate, but apparently he didn't like the fact that Maggie Gray was asking him about uh, his decision to get rid of any Jets references from his Twitter account, which were certainly fair questions. They were necessary questions to ask. They were questions that as a fan, I wanted answers to. So to, to listen to an interview and have her not ask those questions would have been a bad job by her. But obviously Maggie's a professional. Maggie and Bart are both professionals on WFAN. They asked those necessary questions. 
Jamal Adams had an issue with it for whatever reason, and he had commented that it was just outside noise. But again, this was outside noise that Jamal Adams was bringing on himself. Nobody said you had to get rid of the Jets references on your Twitter account. You did it yourself. Naturally, those are questions that people are going to want answers to when you when you appear to be frustrated being on this losing team. So yeah, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Adams is is one of those players that ends up deciding he wants out because that seems to be the popular trend in the NFL to be a good player on a bad team and demand a trade. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if Jamal Adams, the next step uh, in his Jets career is to say that he doesn't really want to be a New York Jet. And do we blame the coach? Is, is he building a similar culture to, to what he had in Miami, which is one that alienated some of his best players, alienated the media, had poor relationships and burnt bridges? It's possible. It's possible that we're headed towards that direction with Adam Gase as the head coach of the New York Jets. And it's something that it lasted a few years in Miami. But if that's the way you're going to run a team in New York, I I don't think it's going to last nearly as long. But it's only three games. We're coming off the bye week. Let's try to get a fresh start. Let's not write the script already of a disastrous season and a potentially disastrous tenure for Adam Gase as the head coach. Let's hope for the best and give him the opportunity to have more than one game with Sam Darnold and see how things progress with a guy that we look at as being the franchise quarterback going forward. So, yes, there's my, my bit of sense of optimism for the Jets season for the rest of the year which is basically that we owe it to Adam the the opportunity to have better than a third-string starting quarterback, and we do. But once Darnold does return, which we hope is this week against the Philadelphia Eagles, assuming that he actually is healthy and the spleen is no longer concerned, because as everybody knows, the the rupture, the potential for a ruptured spleen, that is obviously, that, that is priority number one. Make sure that's taken care of. Make sure he's healthy, because we can't afford to lose him for an entire season. Once he comes back, he's got to be back and healthy for the rest of the year. So we hope he's ready for the Philadelphia Eagles. And if he is back, and when he is back, the pressure is on Adam Gase. Because you can't help but just look around the league and see all these backup quarterbacks come in and be effective right away. The, the quarterback play throughout the league, I mean, there, there's been guys that just come in out of nowhere and they put up numbers. Kyle Allen with the Carolina Panthers, who saw the four touchdowns last week, winning against against the Houston Texans again this week. He, he's looked fantastic in for Cam Newton. Jacoby Brissett and what he's done with the Indianapolis Colts, they lost this week, but he still threw three touchdown passes, these guys. And, and again, I know he's a little bit more of a veteran presence there. He's been in that system now. Out for a couple of years, but still you get these these quarterbacks that you don't necessarily have super high expectations for, but they come in and they perform and they play really well, and you're just kind of waiting for that and, and hoping for that to happen with the New York Jets. And you certainly, you give Adam Gase a pass for Luke Falk, a third-string quarterback, a six-round draft pick a couple of years ago against the New England Patriots defense. I agree. I'm, a, I'm on board with giving him a pass for that. You, you can't have high expectations for Luke Falk against the New England Patriots. You just, it, it's it's not fair. But you can have high expectations for Sam Darnold. And we will have high expectations for Sam Darnold. So if Darnold comes in here and comes back and is playing in Adam Gase's system and he's not performing, we know the talent that Darnold has. Do we put it on Darnold? Or do we put it on geese? We'll talk about that next. We'll take a quick break here on the Brandon Cottis Jets podcast. Stay right with us. All right. We're back after this. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy 
happy price, price line. All right, and we're back with the Brandon Connors Jets podcast on SB Nation. And I wanted to mention this last week after the loss against the uh, the New England Patriots, but I forgot the one one other thing that I I that really it does bother me about Adam Gay. So, and we saw this during his tenure with the Miami Dolphins, and we've already now seen it. Uh, during his tenure, short tenure with the New York Jets, and that's when when things aren't going well with the offense. Not only is is he just focused on the offense, but we'll actually see him take the playbook and he'll go sit on the bench and just go over things by himself. It's not even like he's just focused on talking to the quarterback or or teaching anybody. He's he's really just in the zone of looking at the book himself, and that bothers me to to just take yourself out of the game to remove you. And I get that you're not a defensive guy. I get that you focus on one side of the ball. We saw that with Rex Ryan. We saw it with Todd Bowles. I, I think it might even be worse with Adam Gase. And naturally, we're going to let it slide a little bit more than we used to because if you are going to have a head coach on one side of the ball and you are going to have a young quarterback, you want that head coach to be focused on the young quarterback. So you want a head coach that's focusing on Sam Darnold. If he's going to only focus on half the game, let him focus on Sam Darnold. I I, I get that, and I, I'm okay with that. But you don't want him to just remove himself from the, the game entirely and just go sit on the bench by himself. That's not what that's not what I want for my head coach. I, I don't want to see that on the broadcast. I certainly I don't want to see Adam Gaze just sitting there on the bench with his with his head in the book during a game while your defense is out there playing. And I get to, you're not calling defensive plays, you're not coaching up the defense, but at least show a bit of an interest. At least pay attention to what's going on during the game. And you you saw that with Adam Gaze when he was with the Miami Dolphins. We're seeing it with him now with the New York Jets and you see Bill Belichick coach up the defense you see him he'll take the defense around in a huddle and and he'll he'll uh he'll talk to them and and call out plays during the game we saw that even today he was out making signals to the defense against the Buffalo Bills and all that stuff is fine He, he doesn't just go ahead and remove himself from the game and go sit on the bench by himself that bothered me when I saw that against the Patriots with Adam Gase but back to what at, at times seems like the only important thing in the league, and that is the development of a young quarterback. And we saw that with the New York Giants with Daniel Jones showing us that really the only thing that matters in football is is having a, a good young quarterback, a, a young quarterback with promise. Because here you, you had Saquon Barkley, who was the star of the team last year, and, and the guy that during the offseason that's, that's all anybody cared about was get Saquon Barkley the ball and how talented Saquon Barkley was, and maybe the best running back in football needs to be the focal point of the offense. Here he gets hurt in week three of the NFL. He's out for possibly eight weeks of the season, maybe more. Who knows? He says less, but but it's is it possible that the high ankle sprain ends up taking him out more than eight weeks? Sure, absolutely. But Daniel Jones comes in and he plays well, and that's that's all anybody wants to talk about. On sports radio on Monday after that win against the Bucks, nobody was talking about the fact that Saquon Barkley was out for eight weeks. Nobody was talking about the fact that your best player on your football team is going to miss more than half a season. The only thing that anybody wanted to talk about was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones completely erased the Saquon Barkley injury from everybody's memory. Nobody cared about it anymore because the only thing that matters is the development and and showing promise from a young quarterback. And the Giants have that now with Daniel Jones, and nobody cares about Saquon Barkley. And that's just the, that's the, the the reality of it. That the only thing people care about and worry about it is having a good quarterback because that's the way you win games going forward. And so for the remaining 13 games of the Jets season, assuming Darnold plays those 13 games, it's it's all about his development and nothing else. And you, you hope you play well enough to get towards a playoff run, but right now this Jets team is got they, they have so many holes. That's not even something that I'm focusing on at this point. If they wind up being 5 and 11, 6 and 10, but you see promise from Darnold, I'm going to call the season a success. 
But here's my fear, because I'm a firm believer that every quarterback that gets drafted into the NFL has the talent to be great, and that's part of why we see first-rounders get drafted and be great. We see six-rounders like Tom Brady get drafted and be great. We see undrafted free agents get picked up by teams later on, and they still turn out to be great and Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So then we also see first-rounders that are terrible sometimes. So the the bottom line is it's not to say those first-rounders that don't pan out aren't as talented as the undrafted free agents that do pan out. Every quarterback has the tools and the potential to be great. It's about getting drafted into the right situation. It's about being brought into the right situation and being on a team and a franchise that will develop you and gives you the the proper nurturing to turn you into a good and a big time quarterback and give you the proper opportunity to become a big time quarterback. It's about getting brought into the right situation. So say for example, the, Mark Sanchez, he goes to the Jets, they go to the the two AFC title games uh, early on in his career, first two years of his career. Then he goes out and he throws, I think it was 26 or 27 touchdown passes his third year, which is considered a disappointment, even though statistically it was by far his best season of his career. And from that, that point on, it was a complete downward slope until he left the Jets, went to the Eagles, bounced around, and then eventually uh, retired and went back into the media. But say for a second that Mark Sanchez gets drafted by the New England Patriots. If somehow, crazily, hypothetically, Sanchez was drafted by the Patriots, he sat behind Brady for a year or two, and then they moved on from Brady, and they they made Sanchez the starting quarterback, do you think that he would only have a a three- or four-year career with them? Or do you think that he would have been there for a decade and possibly gotten them to a Super Bowl? I mean, he took the Jets to two AFC title games, so the the potential was there. And I know he had a great offensive line, and they had a good running game, and had a fantastic defense and all of that. So it, it it wasn't all on on Mark Sanchez, but he certainly he made plays for them. He played well in the playoffs. He showed a, a ton of potential. So if he was drafted into a right the right situation of a team that was that was focused on him as being their quarterback of the future and focused on developing him and, and a, a team with a, a good offensive head coach and a good offensive game plan and a team that was really only concerned about building around him and not just winning headlines on the back pages of the newspaper. Uh, yeah, I do. I think Mark Sanchez had the potential to be a big-time quarterback, and certainly some of it's on him. Maybe he had outside interests that kind of took him away from the game, and maybe his focus wasn't on football as much as it should be, so that's part of it, too, because, again, these quarterbacks that get drafted, all of them have the tools. All of them have the talent to be great, so it's on them now to put the necessary work into taking that next step from having just talent to be great to actually being great. But then a lot of it also falls on the franchise, the organization that they're drafted into. And and the Jets, with their inability so far to actually develop a quarterback, a lot of this, I, I don't think it's it's all on the quarterbacks that they draft. A lot of it's on the Jets themselves for the inability to actually nurture, develop, and help grow these quarterbacks into to harnessing all their talent and becoming a great big-time quarterback. So right now, in my mind, Sam Darnold has all the tools. There, there's no question about that. And that's why for the rest of the season, when Darnold is healthy, it's about the Jets proving and it's about Adam Gase proving that they can put the right situation around Sam Darnold to make him into a franchise quarterback. The franchise quarterback that this team needs so, so desperately.
and they gave him a running game, fine. Uh, but Bell can't do anything with this offense. As as talented as Le'Veon Bell is, as, as great of a running back as, as he's been in his career, even he can't do anything with this offensive line right now. And I, I love Bell. I love what he's done with the Jets from a locker room. And, and from an effort standpoint, he, he's completely exceeded those expectations. But from a statistical standpoint, he can't do anything just because the offensive line is that bad. And and I said this during the offseason, I'm not so sure that Bell should be on this team right now. I, just, I don't think that they're they're ready to have a good running back considering how bad the offensive line is. And I was so wrong about Ryan Khalil, at least through the first three weeks of the season. Maybe he'll come out and surprise us, but I, if, if I were the Jets, I would take a, a serious look. And I'm, I'm sure they are seriously considering benching him because here you have a retired player that... And, and look, I don't put it all on Joe Douglas. I was all for the signing. You know, Joe Douglas was probably watching Ryan Khalil when he was 30 pounds lighter because he came into the, to Jets camp. He was he was underweight because he retired, so he lost weight at the start of the offseason. Then he started thinking about coming back and playing. He started to put weight back on. So you really, during the offseason, you, you, before training camp, you couldn't really get a legitimate assessment in, in terms of how much Khalil had left. So they probably thought he had more left. I was hopeful he had more left. And so far, it's appeared that he has absolutely nothing left. Unfortunately, I went on a couple of tangents, so I didn't get to everything I wanted to for the bye week, but I'm approaching the 20-minute mark, so I need to sign off. If we get word on Darnold before I head across the world, I'll try to get a short pod up. Otherwise, I'll be back when I get back, which won't be this weekend, but for week seven. Gosh, week seven. The NFL season goes way too quick. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Cottis Jets podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes, and as always, be good.